listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell joining us live from Launceston. Welcome, David. Thanks, Jason. Good to be here today. Yeah, it's good to have you back on your series, Are You Listening? And uh, I think we're on episode 12 of this today. Yes, we are. It's uh, It's been a good series, and uh, I, I know you've got plenty more programs to come. So mm. um, do want to remind our listeners that uh, we are live only on Wednesdays and Thursdays at the moment. And uh, if you're on a delayed broadcast, of course, uh, you may be getting this on Thursday and Friday. But uh, today is Thursday, the 25th of May, and uh, we are live today. So do uh, text us in, do answer our questions. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, if you've got any questions, feel free to text those in as well. So, David, uh, it's good to have you back, and I know that each week in this series you've been sharing a proverb, and uh, I think Proverbs is a fascinating book, and there's lots of uh, little snippets of wisdom in there. What have you Ooh. got for us today? Yeah, today I've only got one verse, Jason, but it really speaks volume, so I want to share that. And if it sounds a bit different for people today, it's because we've shifted house and I haven't unpacked everything yet. So hopefully that's not too distracting. It's all good. (laughs) So verse 14 of Proverbs chapter 11, and I'm going to read it in the New King James. Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counsellors there is safety. Now, it's only one verse, but it tells us so much. We've been speaking over the past few weeks about what God's body on earth is. That's the church. Mm. And today's proverb is really, really good in showing that being connected to this body is important and more so than just being by yourself. And um, it's something that, that Paul writes about as well. And he's talking to the Jewish Christians in Hebrews. And Hebrews, if you haven't read it, it's a fascinating book. It's got so much in it. It's so encouraging for those who might be struggling in their faith. So much information in there that's just fantastic. So he's writing to the converted Jewish Christians, and he tells them not to forsake the assembling of themselves together. That means... Don't go and spend time on your own all the time. Mm. You know, he says, make sure you stay connected to the body of believers. Mm. And I would look at that as, well, be more connected more frequently than being on your own all the time. Mm. It's not wrong to be on your own. Uh, I think we all need that at times. Introverted people need it. Extroverted people need it. You know, you, you find you have introverted extroverts <laughs> who who love being in public, get their energy from being in public, but there is times when they just need to be by themselves. Mm. I think I'm a little bit like that myself, actually. <laughs> I do enjoy... <laughs> we all are. I do enjoy um, getting together with people, particularly small groups and small group Bible studies that I find, you know, very enjoyable and very, um, I don't know... Um, it just builds me up, you know, and uh, yeah. but sometimes yeah. just being alone is good as well. Yeah, that's right, because being with like-minded people, you're energised by that, you are comforted, 
you have um, more support for mm. the things you're going through that people of like mind actually understand. Mm. So as the proverb suggests, remaining connected with others who are following God is safer than going it alone. As it, as it says, in the multitude of counsellors there is safety. So I often think of it like this, as I'm reading and I'm studying the Bible and I'm asking God to lead me and direct me, if for some reason a, a, an idea pops into my head and I share it with other people and they say, no, don't see that, mm. that's not really there, and I'm the only one that thinks differently about this, I've got to be careful mm. and I've got to check to make sure it really is what God is showing me mm. and not just me thinking differently from everyone else. Mm. So I think that's what the proverb is saying in the multitude of counsellors when you talk with lots of people about something and they are being led by God as well then in the multitude of people mm. thinking and praying like that there's more safety than just thinking about it yourself mm. so as we'll see today God has promised to guide and empower those who are faithful to him and this 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 is one thing that we can do um, to to gain this information from the proverb is be together be faithful with others and allow God to actually follow us, uh, lead us. Mm. It says to me in this proverb that uh, it's not a bad thing to go and uh, you know ask other people that we trust, uh, mm. perhaps uh, those who are more uh, wise or you know they've experienced a longer period of time in faith, and uh, you can learn a lot from from people who've been around a little while. Mm, and uh, mm, particularly this in, is right. This in, is right. Particularly in terms of um, you know our spiritual life, so it's a good thing. Yeah, uh, um, David, um, would you like to just give us a quick recap of where we've come from, and uh, then we'll start to move into our new topic today. Yes, definitely. So we looked at the validity of the Bible. We know that we can trust this book, which is what really lays the foundation for everything else, uh, the groundwork, you know. We've looked at uh, who God is and, and what he's like, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We've looked at the um, why there's evil in the world. We've also looked at what God has done through Jesus to actually fix that. And we've looked at the the body of Christ here on earth. We're going to be touching on that quite a bit again today. But we've looked at what that church looks like, what it should be like. And the kingdom of God, which starts on earth, how we become part of that. We talked about baptism. And we looked at last week contracts, so the agreement between God and man and how it changed over time. Mm. That's what we've looked at so far. So now we're up to... Looking at this um, body on earth, this church, how it's actually able to do what it does, what God wants it to do. And the title of today's presentation is Empowered. Awesome. But um, go on, you were going to say something? Well, um, I, I was just going to remind our listeners that they can catch up on all of those past episodes. We've had 11 prior to today of this series, and you can listen to that on our Faith FM app or the Faith FM website. And you can also, uh, if you've got an Apple phone or tablet, you can also listen to all of these on Apple Podcasts, which uh, just do a search for Tassie Encounters and you'll be able to find them there. So. That's all I was going to say before we um, go on to today. So today we've got the title of Empowered. Tell us a yeah. little bit about that. Yeah, and as we were, as, as I was thinking and preparing Empowered, the, the listener question that I was thinking of was, 
Well, have you ever experienced this um, extra power in your life? So I've, I've asked the listener question here. Have you or someone you know ever had an adrenaline rush which helped you do something you otherwise might not have done? So perhaps you got into an awkward situation which created a spurt of adrenaline and you ran really fast so your attackers couldn't catch you. Maybe that was what it was. Share it with us. Uh, or, or perhaps you were so annoyed at somebody uh, maybe rebuking someone or, or saying things that weren't right and it moved you so much that although normally you might be quiet, you spoke strongly you spoke clearly and you addressed the situation you know because mm. you had that you know you went, when someone's saying something that really agitates you and you get this adrenaline rush where you you know you have to say something mm. maybe it was that share it with us tell us what it was like whatever it might be uh, as we go through the program today i really like you to respond to what we present uh, with questions or comments, uh, however you want to do, text it in and Jason will give you the, the details in a moment or answer the question. And the listener question was again, have you ever, oh, have you or someone you know ever had an adrenaline, adrenaline rush which helped you do something you otherwise may not have done or perhaps may not have been able to do? Mm, I'm yeah. glad you had trouble with that word. <laughs> me <Adrenaline>. too. <laughs> I uh, don't have enough adrenaline in me this morning <laughs> to, yeah, uh, to make me speak properly. Um, yeah. Text us in on 0488 We'd love to hear from you today. And uh, if you've got any questions, we'd also love to hear from you. So, Our first song today, this is uh, You're Not Alone by Meredith Andrews.
song by Meredith Andrews You're Not Alone Just a reminder you're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with David Maxwell and today's topic is Empowered but we've got a listener question that we asked you before the break Have you or someone you know ever had an adrenaline rush which helped you do something you might otherwise not have done or perhaps may not have been able to do and uh, we'd love to hear from you, text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So, David, uh, you, you mentioned we're going to be talking about this idea of being empowered, and uh, we're going to look at how the church, or you know, Jesus' body on earth. Um, I think Paul refers to it as he uh, creates this model of the body uh, is able to do all the things that God wants us to do, and um, there's a lot that we can learn from this, so yeah. Let's uh, let's start talking about that today. No worries. Look, let me give you a quick overview of what we're talking about. So t- today we're going to start by looking at how God's church on this sinful planet is still able to function as it should. Then we'll compare the first century church with our churches today, and that's that's important to look at that and see how we're the same, how we're different, what are the needs then, what were the needs now. And we'll finish up by looking at how the church will perform just before Jesus comes again. But first I'm going to pray, and then we'll read the passage we're looking at, then we'll get into it. So let me pray for our listeners. Heavenly Father, as we speak today, as we open your word, we pray that you will speak to each one of our listeners, and may they hear your voice and not ours. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. So the passage we're going to read today is a broken passage, and that just means two sets of verses in the same chapter. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 
And if you wouldn't mind, Jason, I'll get you to read 12 to 14 and then 27 to 31. So um, you're welcome at home to read it all the way through, but we're just going to read those two sections in the NLT. We are reading the New Living Translation. I read this this morning in the New King James as well, and mm. David, and it was um, much more difficult to read in the New King James. It's a very awkward sentence. This first sentence. So, anyway, the new living flows much easier. Mm. Let's read it. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. And now, uh, verse 14 Yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. And jumping down to 27, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts of uh, parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles. Second are prophets. Third are teachers. Then those who do miracles. Those who have the gift of healing. Those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. Those who can speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Thanks a lot, Jason. So it's very interesting that there was three that were actually numbered. Apostles as first, first then prophets, third, yeah. and then teachers, and then the rest underneath that. And there's a reason for that, because those three bring the good news to people very specifically. All right, so the apostles do that, the prophets do that, and the teachers do that, and then the other things... A lot of those are physical things that help us, mm. but there's also the unknown languages that are mentioned there at the end. Mm. So I want to I want to illustrate this by looking at something, an illustration that shows uh, power being given at a specific time for a specific need, because that's what happened in Pentecost. We'll dig into that a little bit later. But I don't know if you've ever heard of hysterical strength. I think I, heard of that? I think I uh, know what you're referring to. Yeah, right. So let me expand. There's, it's a term that that seeks to explain an extraordinary strength experience mm. that's exhibited by someone acting under intense pressure or trauma, and it allows them to do things they normally wouldn't have done. So it's believed that this fear or stress related abnormal strength comes from the brain releasing a large quantity of adrenaline cortisol and endorphins and this is very technical but it's part of that fight or flight uh, response in our bodies to help someone either yourself or someone else in an emergency mm. now they say i say all of that with a little bit of um hesitancy because it's what's believed but at the same time uh, reproducing this in a testing lab is near on impossible because and they won't do it because of the danger it presents to the people they're testing you know so they have to put this fear this as some would say the fear of god into them and and then have them respond in a way they wouldn't normally be able to respond mm. so it's quite dangerous and they won't put people through that so the only way they actually know about this is to observe it in reality so 
there has been times in history where people have actually done these things and they've been able to observe it. So one such example happened in 2019. Now, I heard of one much, much older than that where a lady did this, but this one was in 2019, so it's very, very recent, and it was reported by CNN and the Washington Post, and it was a teenager who was at home and he heard a lady calling for help next door. So he ran out, and as he ran out, he notices the neighbour, the, the husband, underneath, pinned underneath a car. Now, he's a healthy young man, and he runs to the front of the car, and he lifts the front of the car. So his mum came out as well. And as he lifted the front of the car off this man just enough, his, uh, the man's wife and his mum were able to roll this uh, fellow out from under the car, and he only suffered minor injuries. But afterwards... This young man ended up with uh, a sore back and sore legs from lifting it. Mm. Now, I, I think that's really incredible because this is not something that young man would normally have been able to do. It mm. was actually impossible for him to lift a car that heavy. Now, he was, you know, he used to deadlift weights and he was a, you know, a fit, fit guy for the school. But normally he, this would be far beyond his ability to do it. And so this was recorded uh, and reported on those, those uh, different channels. So just like this abnormal use of strength can sometimes um, come when, when specific help is needed, God also has a way to help his body on earth, the church, do extraordinary things. We read about some of those. So... I remember uh, a, a famous story in our church, uh, named by the a guy by the name of Desmond Dost. Oh yes, uh, when he lifted seventy men down over the cliff, and he's such a small, slight man, and uh, people Ooh. just say there's there's no way that's a natural, you know, thing that he could have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, and and that's a, a, a conservative estimate. Mm. So they he wanted to say fifty, they wanted to say a hundred. Mm. They came to the agreement. Well, let's say it was seventy five, mm. but certainly it was more than seventy five. So as yeah. we've talked about in previous programs, the church is made up of people, and God wants us to follow Him and do the main job that he's called us to do is that tell uh, others about what God's done for them and bring them to him so that they can be saved. Now, the problem is the people in the church are as sinful, flawed, and broken, if you like even, as the people they're trying to save and trying to help. Mm. So how's God going to do this? How can we be any good to God at all? Well, before Jesus left, he promised another helper. And as he was preparing his disciples for his coming departure, in John fourteen fifteen to 16, he, he tries to give them some comfort and he says, I won't leave you alone. He says, I will send another helper. So the fact that he says he will send another helper means they already had a first helper. So if I want another uh, cup of water, it means I already had one cup of water. And I'm having another of the same. So here, if Jesus sending, is sending another helper, then he's going to send a helper a little bit like the one that he already sent. So in, in John 16, 13 to 15, if you read that section, you see all these things the Holy Spirit's going to do, this helper. He's going to guide, speak, tell the future, glorify Jesus, declare the things of Jesus to them. And all of these things are what Jesus already did. Mm. So this helper doesn't just come and do all these things. He also comes bearing gifts, if you like. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12. Let me read that. 
and uh, and that'll help us to see some of these things that the Holy Spirit's going to do for us, in us, and through us. So in chapter 12, 8 to 11, this is what it says. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But the one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Mm. It sounds like um, it's not our own doing or our own choices to what gifts we have, but rather it's uh, the decision of the Holy Spirit to distribute to who and what he sees fit to who who he sees fit. Yeah, this is a great passage that explains just that, um, Jason. So in verses 4 to 7 it says there are different spiritual gifts. You know, spiritual is inferred. But they're given to each one for the profit of all. So it's not given to me so that I can look good. It's given for me to me so that I can help others. And throughout this passage that you read, read the whole of chapter 12. It's fascinating. It explains that the Holy Spirit gives different gifts to different people to lift up, encourage, or help the whole church be better at its job of reaching others. So uh, th- these gifts help the church to remain united. So people are individual. They're different. But together they're still heading in the same direction and they've got the same mission because of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And and this means that some are given more prominent jobs like solidifying doctrine which the apostles did, preaching, powerful pre- preaching like you see in Acts chapter 2 with Peter. 3,000 are, um, are converted on that day. Um, and also teaching um, to be the face, if you like, of the gospel or the good news about Jesus, while others are given sometimes less visible but equally important roles. We'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. And these might be things like healing, helping, speaking other languages or interpreting. Mm, Yeah. And uh, just uh, a thought that's come to me here is that that, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't give gifts for our own benefit. He's giving it for the benefit of the church. (laughs) Yes. Uh, It's not to edify ourselves, but to edify the church. I think think that that wording is actually used elsewhere, isn't it? It is, and it's really, really important. We're sinful and flawed. We need help. Uh, Basically, that's it. And so, even though some of the gifts might seem more important than than others, they're all needed. However, I don't believe anyone has all the gifts, which is why we've got to work together. But we'll talk more about that after the break. Mm. Do remember our question today: Have you or someone you know ever had an adrenaline rush? An adrenaline rush. (laughs) I'm really struggling (laughs) with that word today. Which helped you to do something you otherwise may not have done, or may not, maybe not have been able to do. Text us in on 0488880891. And uh, remember, we've got a book offer coming up a bit later in the program. It's called If You Are Thirsty, You Can Be Spirit-Filled. Be empowered for life and witness. So stay tuned for more details about that coming up later. This is Sila by Abby Eaton. Take 
is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with David Maxwell on the series Are You Listening? Uh, David's been talking about how we can be empowered by the gifts of the Spirit and we're going to be talking a bit more about that. And uh, we've been discussing how the gifts individually um are given to different people for different reasons, but ultimately together they uh, are used for the the benefit of the effective work of the church. Mm. Now, David, when you read 
Acts of the Apostles, you see such huge evidence of these spiritual gifts and uh, miraculous things happening frequently, particularly in the early parts of the Acts of the Apostles. And it Ooh. almost seems as though uh, the longer that time goes on, the less we see of this, and, and to the extent that today um, we seem to see less evidence of the gifts of the Spirit. Why Ooh. is that so? And uh, explain to us a bit more about all this. Yeah, that'd be good. So we were talking about this during the break as well, and one of the reasons was the enormity of the task that was before them. So when Jesus left, there were perhaps no more than about 500 Christians mm. uh, because it mentions in the Bible that he, he was seen by up to 500 at once. Uh, when he ascended into heaven, it's believed there were around about 120 people there. So a very small number of people in the world population has been estimated. Now, the only way they can do that, because, you know, they, they have some censuses, but, you know, they don't have accurate recording of how many people are in the world. They can do it by extrapol- extrapolating backwards the uh, number and the population growth now and then go backwards and work out, well, what may it have been back then? They estimate, some um, people have estimated that there was around about 300 million people alive at the time of Christ. So that would mean that if they were, this small group of people, just 500 at maximum, were going to be successful in the mission Jesus left for them to take the gospel to all the world, then each believer would have had to have reached about 600,000 people each. Mm. Now, without supernatural help, that would be impossible. Mm. You know, I certainly wouldn't have reached my 600,000 people, maybe a very, very small fraction of that. So the Holy Spirit's given in most power where it's needed the most so when you look at pentecost you see that jesus never makes idle promises and he doesn't ask us to do more than we're able to do so before he left he told his followers to go to jerusalem not do anything just wait Mm. he says go and wait until you receive this promised helper so that's what they do you know this time apart from you know before jesus died they're all doing their own thing and they're 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 being proud and i want to be in charge they're not listening to jesus like he said but for this next 10 days they do exactly that they go and they wait they gather together they pray they share um, and and they just wait and then when they're all together on the day of pentecost which was about 50 days after jesus resurrection this helper the holy spirit comes in dramatic fashion so what they got to experience, you see recorded in Acts. In Acts chapter 2, they hear this great, um, the only way I can imagine it is like a great storm, a great wind. Uh, we've had a bit of that today up here. You've had it some down in uh, Hobart. They experience this great wind blowing and then a flame comes into the room. And I, I, the way I read it, it's like a big flame in the middle of the room um, up near the roof. And it has these tongues of fire that separate and end up sending this little flame on top of everybody's head and, and sits there on the top of everyone's head. So that's what they experience outwardly. But then they're all given the gift to be able to speak in other languages. Why that gift and not healing or something else? It's because God had to kick off this movement. He had to get the the word out to all the world. And there were people in Jerusalem for Pentecost that were from all over the place, all different languages, all different uh, nations. And there 
they're all together on the day of Pentecost. And so for everyone to get the message, they have to hear the message in their own language. Mm. And that's what happens. The Holy Spirit comes, he rests on the people uh, that have been gathered together there waiting for the gift, and then they begin speaking. And they speak in other languages after this rousing speech. Um, or, or Once they do this, there's this rousing speech by Peter, and over 3,000 are converted or believe in Jesus that mm. day, and they join their numbers. So that's a really big kickoff, and it was necessary. So following this, the Holy Spirit gave them each different gifts. And, and it doesn't say that, but when you read through Acts, you see them healing, you see them preaching with power, you see them casting out demons and doing the work that Jesus did, and even to the extent they do more than Jesus did. Now, when to the extent that when Peter um, was walking through a town, they would they would uh, lie so that his shadow would fall on them, and as his shadow fall on, fell on them, people were healed. Mm. They would take handkerchiefs from him, and when people touched the handkerchiefs, they were healed. That's what's recorded, and and it's not recorded that those things happened when Jesus was here, but Jesus said, "Even greater than what I do, you'll do." So, for the first few hundred years after Jesus, the good news that he passed on to his disciples to share, spread like wildfire. But uh, after this came what we know as the Dark Ages, 1260 years of persecution, 538 to 1798. And it was a time of uh, spiritual darkness and spiritual apostasy. And it's been estimated between 20 and 40 million Christians were killed or persecuted uh, by the medieval Roman church. Um, that number of Christians being killed shows me that there was really growth. Hmm. You know, we're talking about 500, and then by the by the 500s, um, 500s AD, there is uh, more than 20 to 40 million Christians. So that is astronomical growth. Hmm. At the end of this time, God revived his truths through the Reformation, and the good news about Jesus spreads again like wildfire with the help of the Holy Spirit. I haven't got time to expand on that today, but that's what happens. Be that as it may, from, from then till now, in just the last 225 years, since the end of the, the beginning of the Reformation, the Holy Spirit's gifts are still present like they were in the first century, but just not to the same global measure. People are still healed, the demons are cast out, people speak in other languages. I know someone personally who preached in another country, and when he finished preaching, they came up to him and said, how did you learn our language so well? He says, I, I, I didn't, I spoke in English. Mm. He says, well, we heard it perfectly in our own language. Mm. So it still happens. However, some years after Jesus left, his stepbrother James writes an interesting passage, and this is in James uh, chapter 5, 7 to 8, and it talks about the early rain and the latter rain. G and and, and <clears throat> James is writing many years after Jesus has gone. They've had this Pentecost experience. It's almost a distant memory. And as he speaks in this verse, he calls that the early rain, and he says that's past. Basically, he's saying that's past. And, you know, we're in the middle between the first, uh, the planting of the crop to the harvest of the crop, and that second rain is coming. He uses that uh, agricultural metaphor. And he means this equally impactful Holy Spirit encounter is still ahead. 
in the latter rain and it's going to shake the world in a similar manner as the first but it'll be just before jesus returns mm. and so uh i guess we're waiting for that outpouring and because uh, we certainly know that there are signs of his coming <laughs> that's right and and the first promise was fulfilled perfectly we know the second will be as well mm. We've got our book offer today, and here's a bit more detail about it. It's called, If You Are Thirsty, You Can Be Spirit-Filled. Be Empowered for Life and Witness by Peter Reinfeldt. The feeling of thirst tells us we are dehydrated. We need water to live. But just like we sometimes try to quench our thirst in ways that don't truly refresh us, many people try to quench their spiritual thirst with things that can never really satisfy. We need living water. Throughout Christian history and in the church today, the Holy Spirit is a topic littered with misconceptions, controversies and concerns. However, the Spirit is also the true source of our conversion, transformation, growth and power for living and sharing our faith. Discover how you can be Spirit-filled if you are thirsty. This is our book offer today and we'll give you the code right after the break. Right now, this is The Building by Emily Ann Roberts. Can't help but wonder if these floorboards creaked the same in 42 When my great-grandpa poured his heart and soul into preaching the good news And these tattered old red hymn books have caught a tear or two Cause it's hard to sing just as I am without the Spirit moving you if those altars at the front could testify, I know they'd say It never once got old hearing a sinner call his name I know the stained glass never saved a soul And these pews ain't on the roll that's curved up yonder I know the pulpit's just a wooden stand but it's fair His glory filled the place with awe and wonder. I know it's just a building, plain and simple white. But it's the building where Jesus changed my life. And never claimed to be the biggest, nobody it's where my mama met my daddy at vacation Bible school. It's been the picture perfect dream of a thousand glowing broads. It's heard the weeping as a loved one's laid to rest with sad goodbyes.
stand here forever But I'll sure miss it when it's gone And I'll be forever grateful To call that church my home I know the stained glass never saved a soul And these pews ain't on the road that's cold up yonder I know the pulpit's just a wooden step But it's felt the power of God's hand As His glory filled the place with awe and wonder I know it's just a building Plain and simple Beautiful song, and uh, even though we know that the church is not a building, but um, it's certainly a place that we can uh, encounter Jesus and encounter spiritual um, experiences and spiritual growth. So I thought that song was uh, applicable today. Um, David, before the break, we promised our code for our listeners for this book giveaway, and it's called If You Are Thirsty, You Can Be Spirit-Filled, and uh, it's just written by Peter Reinfeldt. So today's code is LISTEN12, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the number 12. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one in order to claim your free book today. Um, now, before the break, David, we were talking about this latter rain, that uh, this is a, a promise of another amazing, hugely impactful um, experience, I guess, or event or perhaps a series of events that's going to happen Ooh. before Jesus returns. And uh, we're sort of waiting for that at the moment, aren't we? Almost there, I think. Yeah. So uh, mm. can you uh, unpack that a little bit more? Yeah, sure, sure. If you remember earlier, I said that the ratio of Christians to non-Christians in Jesus' day was around about one to 600,000, but today it's very different. It's estimated that there are about 2.5 billion Christians in the world today. Now, think about that as a number, 2.5 billion, which is about one Christian for every three non-Christians, which is a huge difference from one in 600,000. And it means that really, if we were to think about this logically, only you know, each Christian would only really need to have to reach about three other people. Now, that's doable almost, almost on our own, um, mm. I think, even without this latter rain experience. So for us to need the Holy Spirit's final outpouring, something drastic has to happen between now and when that happens or mm. when Jesus comes. So, or, or the other reason is perhaps not all of those who call themselves Christians are actually following God or following them faithfully. In Revelation 13, a specific end time scenario is foretold, and this is one where all of those left on the earth come to worship a false religio-political power. All that, all, all that is, except for a defiant, spirit-filled group identified as those who keep the commandments of God and keep the faith of Jesus. We read that in Revelation fourteen twelve. 
So for this to come about, a number of things need to happen. Firstly, the remaining two-thirds of the world's population need to hear the gospel, or most of the world's population need to accept a form of religion that uses force rather than faith. So although I do see the gospel going forward uh, in a, at a rapid rate today, and things like the radio, this, this program is helping to do that to people who might not otherwise hear it, I also see a second thing happening, that second thing happening as well, people accepting a form of religion. So they'll put on their senses, I'm a Christian, but they're not a Christian in the sense of what Jesus said. People who follow Jesus, Christians, people who follow Christ, or people who are like Christ, are like Christ. And many people who call themselves Christians perhaps are not in that sense. And we can look at that in our own lives as well. And there are times in our lives where perhaps we're not Christian. <clears throat> but the general focus of our life is to follow Jesus. Mm. So this means that perhaps those who choose to obey God faithfully and resist that forceful religio-political power will be doing so through the power of that final Holy Spirit outpouring promised by Jesus. Or promised by Jesus or by God through through what James wrote that we read earlier. <clears throat> so as, as I said earlier today, we still need the Holy Spirit's gift and they're still being used around the world, healings and miracles in various places. That's, that is happening. We see it very much today. So like I said, I hear of, as we were talking in the previous break, we were talking about how in the Western world we have good Western medicine I, I say good because it's on the whole that's what it is it's helpful and there are times when it's not but generally it's helpful and so if we have all of this really good medicine and a good medicare system then generally why do we need god that's what people think but in countries where they don't have any of that they rely solely on god and so we still see those things those gifts being being uh, used very effectively <clears throat> so it's still clearly happening and it will continue to happen until jesus returns uh, however while each person receives a gift from the holy spirit to assist the church and make it more effective it also appears that this is true across the whole body of jesus the worldwide christ the worldwide body of christ the church mm. So you can see this better if you think about, if you don't think about one denomination uh, against another, one denomination being the right church, but rather that Jesus has people in all churches today that are faithful. This is very important. When you see it like this, then you see the model of God's body or the church on earth a little differently from just my denomination. And we focus on, you know, just what we do ourselves in our own church. We can see it a little bit differently. We can see that this particular denomination is an arm of his body and the other is a leg and another one is the eye and another one is the mouth. And as a whole, all the churches on the earth today, I'm not saying in the future it's going to stay like that, but today each of them serve different needs and have different gifts as a church very important to see it like that i believe <clears throat> so i look at the salvation army and straight comes to mind the humanitarian help of people locally 
that's what I see the Salvation Army is mostly about. Mm. And then for another, it might be a gift of knowledge for a particular church, a gift of healing for a particular church, and the gift of prophecy for a particular church. In fact, this final group mentioned in Revelation twelve seventeen is just such a group, and they have obedience and prophecy as their two identifying marks, and I believe the Seventh-day Adventist Church is part of that group. This remnant, as it's called, has a very special job, and that's to use its gift of prophecy to show people where we are in history and point them back to be obedient to worship of God and remain faithful in him. No more special than anyone else, just a very particular job. <clears throat> so I bring you back to my opening illustration, hysterical strength. Just like those who demonstrated extraordinary strength in the face of an emergency, so too will some people have extraordinary strength to face the challenges ahead in those final days, and this requires the faith of Jesus which the empowered people of God will have through the latter rain blessing of the Holy Spirit. So if you'd like to know more about how you can be in this group, please get in touch. We'll give you some information and some contacts that can help. Mm, absolutely. And you can text us in on our show number, 0488880891. Now, if you're texting in today's code, that's LISTEN12. Uh, make sure you don't put any spaces in that. So it's LISTEN1212 without any spaces. That's for our book offer. David from Western Australia texted us in to say that he was working in the Midland sale yard some time ago and a group of cows got out of control and hurtled towards him and he was able to jump up off the ground up seven feet uh, onto uh, a walkway to avoid being run over. So uh, that was uh, certainly relevant to our question today. Thanks, David, and uh, we, we love that you shared with us today. Next week, uh, you're going to be talking about Kingdom Guidelines, David. Yep, and we discover how God's ambassadors are expected to live and how they'll live in eternity. Awesome. Well, may you experience God today. God is speaking. Are you listening? This is Stand Up by Blair and Emma Lemke. Standing tall When everyone else was hitting the floor They were following God instead of following men Bringing glory to God was their number one plan And they said even if we have to face the flames We will serve our God and stand today Stand up, stand up
Our boys and girls like Daniel Rackshack and Benny too Who will stand for the right though the heavens fall Following God's word and giving their all And we say even if we have to face the flames We will serve our God